Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, January 17th, 2022, the federal holiday, Martin Luther King Jr., honoring him. And we will have some final thoughts on uh, Dr. King uh, at the end of this broadcast. So President Biden is off today. He's in Delaware. We're never off. Well, I shouldn't say that once in a while. But, you know, we're here because there's so much going on. There's a president's schedule. He's he's off. Nothing going on. Plenty of time to think. As Jen Psaki uh, suggested to the media last week, he needs time to think. And it's another day for him to think. Now, we always think, even though we work, but I have uh, so much to do on BillOReilly.com, The First TV, WABC Radio in New York City, which carries us at 9 p.m., and 300 radio stations across the country, which carry um, the O'Reilly Update. So it's hard for me to, to take the day off. I would have liked to. And if you really want to know about Dr. King, my book, Killing Kennedy, spends a lot of time on him. Um, and I think you'd find that very interesting. So let's get back to President Biden. He has a press conference scheduled for Wednesday, marking his one year in office. Now, that'll be pretty interesting because the press, often in the tank for Democrats, has to be a little aggressive here with the poll numbers so bad. So we will cover it and we'll be on live on Wednesday because the press conference is late afternoon. Mr. Biden's usually late. We don't know how long it's going to go. I suspect a half hour to 45 minutes. And I want to take my time analyzing what he says and everything. So we'll be up uh, live at 8 o'clock on Wednesday, and you don't want to miss that. Um, I also wrote a column, and uh, it's called uh, Call Him Mr. Blue about President Biden. You might check that out on BillOReilly.com. It sets up the press conference is what it does. Okay, so uh, in his first year in office, Joe Biden held nine press conferences. Donald Trump in his first year, 21. Barack Obama, 16. Bush the Younger, 14. Okay, so uh, Mr. Biden is uh, behind a curve there. The reason is that things have not been going well. And uh, Biden's advisors don't want him out there. And in... Um, Seven areas in particular. We'll put the first four up on a full screen. Uh, the vaccine mandate that he wanted for businesses has been struck down by the Supreme Court. That is a uh, bad thing for Joe Biden's power. The remain in Mexico policy has been ordered by the federal court. You'll, uh, I'm sure you know that President Biden, his first day of office, opened the borders. That has led to catastrophe. Now he's being ordered to go back to the Trump remaining Mexico policy. Then Afghanistan, I don't have to go over it again. You know what it is. And same thing with inflation. Everybody's getting hurt. Uh, also, build back better is uh, not going to happen. As Bush, uh, the elder, would say, not going to happen. Uh, surge in COVID, certainly not helping President Biden. And now changing the election laws to have the federal government uh, get more supervision is not going to happen either. So the only thing I can see in his first year in office is the 1.9 trillion COVID relief bill that passed. That did help people. I know people it helped. It's a lot of money, but it was necessary in this day and age. The 1 trillion infrastructure bill, we don't know yet. 
We don't know how that's going to work. He got it done with the help of Mitch McConnell, but we don't know. But the COVID relief bill, that helped. Now, even the left is getting nervous about Joe Biden. Roll the tape. Where was Biden's political savvy and the judgment of those who advise him? What made them think that a fire and brimstone speech delivered in Atlanta would reach its intended audience of two, a senator in West Virginia and another from Arizona? If Sinnamon and Manchin have shown us anything, it's that they're not susceptible to pressure from that kind of speech or direct appeal. The only way to get their votes, if they're gettable, is through quiet persuasion, not public bombast. Now, Mr. McConaughey is not a crazy leftist, uh, but he does work for CNN, which is obviously in the tank for the progressive movement. Now, I did some research over the weekend because I told you I would. I have been saying that I think Joe Biden's first year was the worst of any president in American history. I was wrong. One other was worse, and that is Herbert Hoover. So Herbert Hoover took over in uh, March of 1929. In October, the stock market crashed, all right, six months, seven months after he took office. Hoover did nothing, nothing. All the banks that collapsed, there was no federal help and no insurance. So if you had your money in the bank, you lost it. It was gone. You can imagine that. Now we have insurance, not then. No entitlements because Herbert Hoover thought that was socialism for the federal government to give aid to people who lost all their money. Well, what were they, those people supposed to do? All right, all their money's gone. So Hoover did nothing and didn't help them. And then the depression got worse and worse and worse and Hoover is down in the bottom five of all presidents because he just didn't do anything. That is worse than Biden, all right? So I've got to be honest here. I think Joe Biden has uh, hurt the country dramatically. But Hoover, he hurt individual people. And you just couldn't blow him out of his, well, I'm not going to give anybody anything. And then, of course, FDR took over in 1932 and did establish the safety nets that we have today. Okay, so that's where we are. Herbert Hoover was worse than Biden, but Biden's second. James Buchanan, going all the way back, was a disaster. He was the president before Abraham Lincoln, who allowed the South to basically defy the federal government, and that led to the Civil War. But there wasn't one or two things that Buchanan did. He just didn't do anything. And it was a four-year catastrophe, not a one. Biden's a one-year catastrophe, and it is bad. So I, I hunted around for the best guests that I could get to talk about this. And I came up with a man who won the Pulitzer Prize uh, in 1987 for a book called Beating the Cross, Bearing the Cross, I should say, Bearing the Cross, Martin Luther King Jr. in the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Then in 2017, he wrote a book called Rising Star, The Making of Barack Obama. He is its distinguished faculty scholar at the University of Pittsburgh School of Law, and Dr. David Garrow joins us now from Pittsburgh. Not a happy day for Steelers fans, but we knew they didn't have enough juice to beat the Chiefs. So, I mean, at least they, you know, gave it the, uh, the effort. Now, 
before we get into the history, because I know that you are uh, steeped in that, you being a progressive Democrat, are you surprised that Biden, always considered a moderate Democrat, has run so far to the left, conducted himself in a progressive manner? Did that surprise you, doctor? Yes, Bill, it surprised me very much. Um, I was especially disappointed in that speech that he gave in Atlanta last week that you uh, have already mentioned, uh, which was uh, just not only downright unpresidential, uh, it was unlike uh, who Joe Biden used to be. Um, Peggy Noonan had a superb column in the Wall Street Journal uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, detailing just just how uh, incredibly disappointing it was. Uh, but unfortunately, that's been of a piece uh, with, with how poorly President Biden has performed uh, compared to who he used to be. Um, as your earlier clip uh, detailed very nicely, uh, this White House has, has mishandled uh, its, its relationship with Senator Manchin and, and Senator Sinema uh, uh, very, very poorly. Um, they should have been able to come to, come to an accord. Um, Senator it's Manchin, a, it's it's the vision that is confusing me. So Biden gets into office and, he, and he's got to know he won because Trump lost. They didn't they voted they didn't vote for Biden. They voted against Trump. He had to know that every poll, every study showed that that independent voters, which decide all elections now, had had enough of Donald Trump personally. And they wanted some relief from that. So Biden they chose as a moderate. He gets in, and as you know, when you study the charts, the surveys, the polls, about 22, 23% of Americans are progressive. The rest are either moderate or conservative. And then he governs to the far left. Do you have any idea why he's doing that? I'm afraid, Bill, that you know one question we all have to confront is whether the president at his age uh, is is diminished uh, compared to who we used to be. Uh, we've seen very little journalism, <clears throat> virtually zero journalism, uh, that's looking at what's actually taking place inside the Biden White House. Uh, Ron Klain, uh, Steve Ricchetti, um, other than, than Jen Psaki, the press secretary, uh, we don't really have any day no, by day. I, I, I did something last week. Jill Biden has a tremendous amount of power in the White House. Susan Rice, too. But Jill Biden is basically telling Joe or directing Joe on uh, how to conduct himself right now. But once you make a few mistakes, you would think that you would learn from those mistakes. So when a federal judge tells you, hey, you can't just dismantle a border policy remain in Mexico and let everybody pour in here, right? Then Biden said, okay, I'm going to moderate it then. And then he goes to COVID and says, no, if you're a private business with more than 200 employees, everybody's got to be vaccinated because I say so. He had to know that wasn't going to get by the Supreme Court, right? They should have realized that they were going to have a big problem with the court. Yeah. I listened to the oral arguments. I've read the opinions. Um, it, it's not surprising that the majority of the court uh, did what they did in, in terms of the administrative law principles that, that were at issue. 
um, that was foreseeable. And, and I say that as someone who's pro-mandate, uh, very pro-vaccine. Okay, so the, you're a progressive, as I mentioned, and, and now you're facing, uh, the progressive movement is facing Armageddon because in November, unless there's a miracle of some kind, and I don't believe there will be economically, I think the inflation and, and the shaky economy is going to continue, um, all the Democrats are going to get whacked. And, and the Republicans are going to control both houses of Congress, I believe, and then setting up Donald Trump's run for re-election 2024. I mean, Maureen Dowd, and we're going to do more on this tomorrow in the New York Times, you know, is panicking and saying, oh, my God, as bad as Biden is, we can't have Trump again. Well, you may very well have Trump again. And the progressive movement, what it stands for, is going to be annihilated in November. Do you think Joe Biden understands that? It's, it's unclear, Bill. I, I think you're quite right. I, I think where inflation is going, uh, is headed, uh, is a tremendous election problem. If China's economy continues to slide, uh, that will make the uh, ongoing supply chain problems that most all Americans are experiencing personally uh, all the more dire. Uh, so it's, you know, 2022 is unlikely to be a good year for the United States. Uh, and don't forget Ukraine uh, and what the Russian dictator Putin uh, is threatening war yeah. uh, in well, Europe. I don't, I don't think Putin's going to do that because his own economy is very, very shaky. Okay, final word on Joe Biden's first year. You think he may be diminished and not understanding uh, how his presentations are hurting not only him and his administration, but the whole progressive movement. Is that correct? Yes. The other great disappointment is Vice President Harris. Um, that wasn't a good choice to begin with, uh, but I think she's had an even worse uh, first year uh, than the president. Uh, personally, I'm hoping that Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, uh, if that would be my hope for a Democratic nominee in 2024. Uh, someone a week or so ago had a, a column calling for a, a Hillary Clinton comeback, uh, and I certainly don't, don't want that. Well, that was me. I didn't write the column, but we broke that story here uh, after she began to cry uh, a few months ago. And I said, hmm, Hillary doesn't cry unless there's something on the agenda. Before I let you go, I'm fascinated. And I did not read your book, but I will. Bearing the Cross, Martin Luther King Jr. in the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. You know, Dr. King uh, is lionized as he should be and the federal holiday absolutely should happen here. Um, and he accomplished tremendous things, but he wasn't a progressive doctor. You know, he didn't want equity. He wanted equality of opportunity. Do you agree with that? Dr. King uh, was in no way uh, racially exclusive uh, and, and, and uh, was extremely open-minded about, about racial and ethnic diversity. Now, Dr. King was, uh, in economic policy terms, a democratic socialist, uh, but Dr. King would uh, not be embracing uh, the versions of, of critical race theory uh, that we see being uh, uh, cast about uh, nowadays. Or quotas, and he wouldn't want quotas, I don't think, and he wouldn't want preferential treatment 
for minorities that got hosed in the past. He would want a colorless society. Last word. Yes, King wanted economic change, fundamental economic change, but for poor people, poor Americans across the board, uh, not on a, a racially identified basis. Right. Hey, Doc, we really appreciate it. Thanks for helping us out. And uh, I hope we can talk again soon. Thank you, Bill. All right. COVID latest uh, here in the Northeast. It's now starting to decline as it did in South Africa, where it came from. It's Omicron stuff. Um, but it's it's different in different parts of the country. But where the Omicron took place uh, quickly and uh, first, those cases are going down. I think that's going to be the trend. So uh, in New York City, um, on a daily basis, um, it's flattened out and going down. In Boston, Omicron cases are down 40% since January 1st. That's a big drop. In Oklahoma, they're up 158%. Colorado, 90% up. Montana, 79%. Minnesota, 77%. Texas is up 16%. So it's, it's, this is one of those things that hits hard stays for a couple of weeks and it looks like it's down. Let's pray by Valentine's Day, middle of February, that this thing is on the way out. In Salt Lake City, Utah, which is a conservative state, Utah, the Tribune newspaper there is a liberal newspaper. All right. It goes against the population and it's struggling. Um, Salt Lake City trip, I don't know how much longer it can um, publish. So it had an editorial on the 15th of January, a couple of days ago, and it said, quote, put it up on a screen. Were Utah a truly civilized place, the governor's next move would be to find a way to mandate the kind of mass vaccination campaign we should have launched a year ago, going as far as to deploy the National Guard to ensure that people without proof of vaccination would not be allowed, well, anywhere, unquote. Well, that's clearly unconstitutional, but, uh, you know, progressive liberal people don't really care much about the Constitution. But more importantly, that's China. So what the Salt Lake City editorial board, Tribune editorial board, is calling for is China. So in China, if you're not, I don't even know what their VAC situation is because they won't tell anybody what they have or what they're doing. But if you have COVID, you can't come out of the house or if you've been exposed. And if you got it and they find out about it, you go to a camp in some provinces, not all, but some. So this is what the Salt Lake City trip wants. They want China. They want the National Guard soldiers <laughs> forcing people not to come out of their house. If you're, I mean, what's next? You know, um, this is just I, I, you know, our pal Brett Talman out in Salt Lake tipped us off on this. And I'm going, my God. Um, Minnesota, the Department of Health there said, okay, we're not going to do the equity in medicine, COVID medicine. So they were doing what they're doing in New York City in Minnesota. They say, if you're a minority, African-American and, and others, you get first shot at some medicines that are scarce to fight COVID. Well, it's clearly unconstitutional. <laughs> Again, you know, what, what are you doing? You know, we live in a republic with laws and a constitution that governs those laws. And you just throw them out the window. That's what the progressive movement does. They don't like the constitution. They don't want any accountability. So Minnesota, under heavy pressure, has removed 
race as a preferential factor for determining which COVID patients should receive scarce medicine. Okay. United Van Lines. So they have compiled, based on data last year, how many people use their services, the five states where people are moving out and the five states where people are moving in. Now, one caveat, most people don't use expensive movers anymore. They throw the stuff in a U-Haul or they have friends helping them or they get a big van or whatever they do. But if you have a lot of assets, a lot of furniture, then you've got to use the, the expensive moving companies. Okay, so here's what United Van Line says people are moving away from. Roll the tape here. New Jersey leads the league. More people fleeing New Jersey, Illinois, New York, Connecticut, California. What do all of these states have in common? They are all run by progressives. All five. Okay? And high taxes, crime, violent crime rising, and lack of civility. It said people going, "Mm, don't live here anymore. Bye. And this is what, you know, it's hundreds of thousands we're talking about. We're not talking about 30 or 40 people. We're talking hundreds of thousands. Illinois is a disaster, and so is California. New York's bad, and they're losing their tax base in New York. That's because the people that are moving out are affluent, and businesses are moving out as well. They're not going to pay this punitive tax. It's now punishing. They're punishing successful people and corporations in New York, in California, in Illinois, Um, Jersey and Connecticut, a little bit different, but they're both dependent on New York City commuters, and that's driving people out of here. They just don't want to go to the city anymore. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA with more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers? I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. Okay, here are the states where people are moving in. Vermont, liberal state, but. Very libertarian. Everybody's got a gun. Very low living costs. Taxes not crazy. South Dakota, conservative. South Carolina, conservative. West Virginia, conservative. Florida, conservative. Those are the top five where people are moving. I'm surprised about West Virginia because the economy in West Virginia is not vibrant. Florida, crazy down there. I have to go down within the next few weeks to Florida again. I was there for the Trump show. Uh, but it was insane when I was there and the season hadn't even started yet. 
Um, the season being people want to get out of the cold, they go to Florida for the winter. So anyway, the trend is there. And the state's losing affluent people, that lowers their tax. Okay, because people aren't there to tax anymore. And that's going to lead to disaster. And this is another proof of how progressive policies hurt the country, the state, the city. They don't work. They hurt people. (sighs) All right, media bias. So um, News Nation, which is a cable news network, not very well publicized, but it's on. Um, They brought Ted Koppel on the air. Uh, on January 14th. And Koppel raised the specter that the media was irresponsible in its reportage of Donald Trump. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about Koppel after I run the clip. Go. Do you know the response to that from some would be that Donald Trump is different, that he has to be covered differently by the media than others. What do you make of that? Well, I think if you start drawing those distinctions, uh, it's very difficult to know where you stop drawing the distinction. Do you feel that way about anybody else in politics? Is, you know, are we going to start picking up our morning newspaper to see who's in and who's out in terms of the news coverage? Again, there is a place for that in the op-ed section. I don't like it on the front page. Okay, so every veteran journalist in the country who's honest, and that number is dwindling, knows that the press did not cover Donald Trump responsibly. They just didn't, because they hate him. That's why I did the tour, to get the stuff the press never reported on the record. Okay? Now, when I wrote The United States of Trump, which, if you are interested in Donald Trump, is the most fair book ever written about him. I'll stand behind that book 100%. I sent it to two journalists, just two, before it was published. I sent them an advance to look at it because I wanted their reaction. One was Koppel, the other was Bob Woodward, because I knew that both Koppel and Woodward despised Donald Trump. So I wanted them to read the book, to do me a favor and read it, which they did, and to give me their feedback, because I thought that would be very instructive. Now, Woodward, he pulled his punches with me, all right? He kind of just went, you know, uh," and I said, all right, fine. Okay, he said, oh, I got to read it again. He didn't read it again. Koppel basically came out and said, I hate the book. <laughs> I said, why? And he said, there's too much filler in it. There isn't any filler in it, believe me. It's all one fact after another about Donald Trump, who he is, and how he got to be president. No filler. So he called me lad, by the way, uh, Ted Koppel. Remember, he, he was born in England. So he goes, he goes, lad. But I was very appreciative that both men took the time to read the book. And I learned something from both of their 
responses. So for Koppel to go on and say this about the coverage of Donald Trump means it must really be bad because Koppel is no fan. Thought you would like that story. Okay, so American politics, according to a new study out of the new University of Nebraska, is making people sick. <laughs> okay, um, 40% in this study say that politics is a top stressor in their lives. 25% say they are giving serious thought to moving out of their state because of politics. And one in 20, that's just 5%, are thinking about committing suicide. They must be watching MSNBC. Um, I don't take the suicide thing seriously, but I do take the uh, absolute ferocity that the American people feel about politics. So the respondents told the University of Nebraska they feel angry, um, that politics is triggering compulsive behaviors. I don't know what that is. They're losing sleep and they have fractured some relationships. And that's true. You lost some friends, family, tension. Absolutely. Because two camps. All right. There's the progressive camp, which is tottering. And the closer they get to Armageddon, the worse it's going to get over there. And the conservative camp is going, what happened to my country? And I'm probably a good reflection of this because... When I was doing the O'Reilly Factor on Fox News, you'll remember, I had debates all the time, just like I had with the, with the professor from uh, University of um, Pittsburgh, okay? And that was a respectful conversation because he was a fact-driven guy, and that's what I wanted. But I, I, I didn't hate Barack Obama. I, I actually helped him out in the Brothers Keeper thing. I, I thought he was misguided, but I didn't hate him. I didn't think he was the devil. I know some of you might have, but you know, I just didn't. But now, now, these progressives, I don't hate them, but I, I am absolutely convinced they're trying to hurt you and me, hurt us in a very personal way. So when that happens, I'm, you know, get my Irish up, as they say. Okay, in Cuba, and you'll not, you won't hear much about this in, a, in the uh, press, Remember the uh, demonstrations against the Cuban government last spring? Well, the uh, communist government arrested about 1,300 protesters. And now the first crew are being put on trial. They've kept these protesters in camps, prison camps. They don't, they don't bail. So now the first 60 are, putting, are being put on trial. They're charged with sedition like the October 6th people. Uh, the, what is it, Oath Keepers, Um, and they're going to get big-time prison sentences. Some of them are as young as 16 years old. The severity of the charge is part of a concentrated effort by the Cuban government to deter further discontent. I just thought you'd like to know what's happening in Cuba. So what's happening in Dallas is they lost the game to the San Francisco 49ers yesterday, Uh, And the refs, um, you know, it's close, but they may have botched the last play by not getting to the ball fast enough. So the crowd threw stuff at the refs when the refs were trying to uh, leave the field. They were throwing garbage and debris and everything they had. And some of the players were in harm's way as well. 
And the Dallas quarterback, Zach Prescott, said he understood and it was a credit to the fans for throwing stuff. No. Look, I understand emotions run high in these football games, but we don't want to be Great Britain. Okay, we don't want to be having riots, killing people, fighting because of sports. We haven't done that here with the exception of the San Francisco Giants-LA Dodgers games, which are totally out of control. But we're not soccer hooligans here like they are in Europe, particularly in England. We don't want to do that. Okay? Control your emotions on the sports front. This day in history. Fascinating story. 72 years ago, January 17, 1950, big robbery in Boston, Massachusetts. 11 men stole $29 million from the Brinks Armored Car Depot. $29 million, the biggest heist in U.S. history up to that point. They got away. All 11 got away. But then things started to fall apart, as they do in most criminal activity. So the plan was for all 11 not to touch the money for six years, the stolen money, until the statute of limitations ran out. Okay? Each man was given $100,000 to live on. Back in 1950, that was a lot of money. Okay? However, one of them, Joseph O'Keefe, thought he was shortchanged on his hundred grand and went to the FBI and turned all the others in. And the FBI arrested them all and eight of them were convicted and given life in prison, life for stealing the money. Now in New York City, they would have been out on bail and probably not prosecuted. Two of the other, two of the men died. And O'Keefe got a pass because he turned state's evidence, okay? But the money was never recovered. And the FBI couldn't find out where they hid the money. Now, the rumor is it's in Minnesota. It's hidden in Minnesota somewhere. But nobody knows. And that happened in 1950 on January 17th, the Brinks robbery. All right, quick break. We'll go uh, with our mail segment and then uh, the final thought about Martin Luther King Jr. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD 
1-800-227-5532. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, let's go to the mail. We got Mike on the message board. Bill, your total lack of curiosity is a bit concerning. You call Ray Epps a conspiracy theory with zero facts to prove your theory. Uh, Mike, Napoleon would love you. In this country, the burden of proof is on the accuser. It's on the allegation. I don't have to prove anything. The burden of proof in a conspiracy theory is on the conspirators. You're telling me Ray Epps is an FBI guy? Show me something. I don't have to disprove a conspiracy theory. That's not the way it works here. In the Napoleonic Code, which France kind of embraces, but not really, then the conspiracy theory is true and I'd have to disprove it, but not in the United States, Mike. Get in the game. W.C. Beaver, real name. I checked it out. Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Bill, for your attempt to guide me away from the conspiracy industry. Be reminded, like Satan and his pals, the Democratic Party is far more clever than you and I in disguising motives. They're not more clever than I am, w, uh, WC. I'm, I'm, they're equal. But I don't do subterfuge. I don't do all that conspiracy stuff. I debunk it. Or if this is validity, if I see some facts, I investigate it. But they're, no, they're not ahead of me. Anna Karen Molina. Anna Karen Molina. Nice name. Calexico, California on the border. I have a question. Today, the Supreme Court blocked Biden's COVID vaccine mandates. However, I live here in California. Am I protected? Yeah. Federal law overrides state law. Maureen Zal, Ojai, California. Nice town uh, outside of Santa Barbara. What has happened to the ruling that Biden had to abide by the stay in Mexico plan. The Biden administration says it is. But the border is so poor, so open, it doesn't even matter anymore. He's pouring in here. David, thanks, Bill, for reporting about the Associated Press not reporting COVID stats. Before the last election, I got so upset with all the left-wing slanted articles printed in my local newspaper under the byline of the AP. Left-wing organization. That's what it is. Dory Trumbo, Norris, South Dakota. I've been listening to you for many years, O'Reilly, but tonight's January 13th program is one of your best. Your analysis of narcissism replacing Judeo-Christian values and thought in America was astute, and your summary of Bishop Barron's well-researched and well-stated writings on the vacuum created by this was excellent. So I'm glad you saw it. Dory, I wish more Americans would take the time and check us out, because we're giving you stuff nobody else gives you. 
Richard Holtberg, St. Cloud, Minnesota. Bill, I live in central Minnesota and just received my combined bill, gas bill for January, 38% rise year to year. I feel your pain. I got it here in New York. Terry Eisman, Annapolis, Maryland. Bill, my husband and I watch your program regularly because we trust what you say. We're premium members. Give our son a membership for Christmas. Excellent. My question is, could the Democratic Party do the same thing without harvesting votes as they did in 2020? There's got to be reforms made by the states. Some of the states have done that. But there's going to be fraud in 2024. There will be. they got to take care of this Zuckerberg thing. Can't be pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into a few selected precincts to hire people to go in and get votes you want. And that's what's happening. Thursday, we're going to do an investigation. We'll have our results of our investigation on that Thursday. Fred Nolan, Lancaster, Ohio, in your book, Killing the Mob, you said that Kennedy was put in office by the mob. Could that happen today? I didn't say he was put in office. In West Virginia and Illinois, the mob cheated on Kennedy's behalf. But I didn't say he put him in office. Could it happen today? No. It's more the oligarchs, the billionaires pumping money in. Soros, Zuckerberg, those kind of people. Victoria Califano, Beacon, New York. Bill enjoyed hearing about the twist. We got married in 61. Twist was the biggest hit at our wedding. Just celebrated our 60th anniversary. Very good, Victoria. Happy anniversary to you. Michelle Smith, Pembroke Plines, Florida. Just wanted to share major props for your staff responding so quickly to my email when I had a small issue. All right. Most other companies don't. You guys did. Quick, swift, and done. My staff is excellent on all areas. Hey, we have these Stand Up For Your Country doormats discounted now. I got one right outside my house. Tens of message. Um, also, uh, you know, gifts coming up that you have to send, give them premium memberships to BillOReilly.com. Word of the day, do not be callow. C-A-L-L-O-W. Callow. Back with a final thought on Martin Luther King Day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so it is a federal holiday. And as we said, top of the broadcast, well-deserved for Dr. King, who believed that All Americans should have the equal opportunity to pursue happiness. He did not believe on a color-based society or making judgments about people based upon their skin color or giving them special things. That's equity. That's Biden equity. Okay. Dr. King didn't believe in any of that because he knew that would create tension and hatred 
and would not bring the races together. That's the genius of the man. Now, I write extensively about Dr. King in Killing Kennedy. In today's world, both JFK and Dr. King would be canceled for certain things they did in their private lives. Now, the liberals probably wouldn't cancel them today, but it would be huge. But both men, Kennedy and King, did a lot of good for this country, particularly Dr. King, a lot of good. And if you study him dispassionately, as I have, and you step back, that man had so much courage. Because he knew. He knew he was going to get it. He knew. Kennedy didn't know that he would be assassinated. Dr. King knew. So we honor Dr. King today as we should. Thanks for watching the No Spin News. We'll see you again tomorrow.